Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Welcome back to the Rob and the Regulator show on Fifth Wrist. I'm here with the reg- the watch regulator. Alex, how are you? I'm hey, well, on. thank you. What? Am no. I supposed to say that? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you're supposed to say that? Uh, the, the, how am I? Yeah. I thought you were doing the. Oh, okay. Yeah, all good. Uh, yeah. I thought you were doing <laughs> What were you just saying about how you don't get confused? No. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether you wanted the proper intro you're going to record for everything single one or else a little intro. And then, and then you say, how are you going? I said this we're going to do it at the end. Ah, uh, okay. Like right. for future ones, not for this one. Say I'm, glad you, no, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you gave me shit beforehand for talking down to you, only to be proven right. <laughs> oh, uh, my goodness. Everyone, if you haven't already seen it, please go to my um, watch the Watch Regulator Instagram page, where, where I never post anything at all, but go to it now and look at the post of, what's the guy called, Rob? Um, I don't know what his name is. Um, I, 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 um, it's Rhoda something or... <laughs> Something uh, like that. I've met him, but I forgot his. I totally forgot his name. And then um, I asked uh, Jr. and he, he he told me the guy's name. But um, anyway, I, I, okay. I so go and watch. Um, there was an Omega live stream on Instagram last night, and it was without a doubt the funniest thing I've seen in such a long time. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it and and give too much away. But you need to go and watch it. It is so hilarious. Did you did you like it? Did you find it? I, I've watched I it honestly a hundred times. Yeah, I've watched it a couple of times. I did I did find it very very amusing. Yeah, Petros Petros Protopapas Protopapas. So basically the um the the head of Omega Brand Heritage, I think. So he go, comes on to do an Instagram live stream, and the people he is supposed to be speaking to haven't turned up, or he can't get connected to them. And it's just him basically having a small nervous breakdown while <laughs> thousands and thousands of people just look at him having a nervous breakdown. So, yeah, go and check out. It's 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 incredibly, <laughs> incredibly hilarious. Just stop stop listening to the podcast. Just go and watch it. Okay, it's going to be much better than any comedy value that we can give you tonight, that's for sure. Oh, dear. Yes. So, anyway, um, <laughs> apart from that, yeah. How are you, Alex? Are you, Good. I'm well. still that. alive. You're still alive. You haven't been. Yeah. Okay. Are you in lockdown mode? Well, you... I'm going back to work on Monday. Really? Yeah. Okay. Monday. Yeah. Well, what's today? It's only Wednesday, right? Okay. Uh, oh, by the time Thursday. it's out, who knows what? Thursday. Okay. <laughs> um, no one um, in the world will ever know what day it is ever again. I'll go back into work on Monday and I'll be like, hi guys, I'm here. And they'll say, I thought you were supposed to be here on Monday. And I was like, what? Isn't it Monday? Okay. Um, 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 uh, what's next? Uh, wrist check, what are you wearing? What do you got on? Am I supposed to? I'm, I'm, what do you You're got in on? charge, you for sure. Um, Apparently. You listen to the last, no one's in charge you. Do you listen to the last couple of podcasts? No. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got okay. the same. Is it Buttex? Buttex? How do you say that brand? Give it. How do you spell it? B U T E X. Butex, if it was um. Butex. Frank, 
Is it, is it Utex? Yeah, I guess. Oh, I was going to have a little thing. I'm going to have a the, the thing about French is you have to learn the alphabet first and how they say each letter of the alphabet. And that's pretty much how it is in a word unless there's an accent in it, accent yeah. over it. Okay. So yeah. it's it's U when they say the U. So it's Butex. Butex. So, yeah. That sounds better than Butex. So uh, I've got my little Butex uh, skin diver on with the. Salazar stamp. Do you know what Salazar yeah. stamp is? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, because yeah. I listened to the thing the other day. Oh, but did you know about <laughs> it before that? No, to be honest, no. Um, it's pretty cool. The more I'm cool. looking at it, the more I'm like, yeah. cause, and you get it on some non-shit watches like this one. You get it on some like vintage yeah, yeah, Speedmasters yeah. and stuff, and you're like, oh, wow, it's... that's got a ding in it. But it's just every yeah. watch, didn't matter what it was, day date, whatever had to have that little Salazar stamp. So it's an interesting little side note of watch history. So that's what oh. I'm wearing. Yeah, good, brilliant. Um, that doesn't make your, what, you, you any more interesting. Is no, the, uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, very good. Yeah, I've seen photos of it. It's a cool watch. Um, do you want to know what I'm wearing? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I'm waiting no. for you to say. Oh Everybody's God, waiting. He's got, he's There's thousands again. of people out there waiting, but I'm not going to tell you anyway. No, it's just a little. Much. It's a, <laughs> it's a Laco, um, made in Germany. Yeah. Uh, um, Is it not Laco? Yes, if you say it in French, it's Laco. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're good. You're learning. Laco. Um, but it's not a French name. It's a German name. So I don't know how they oh, say it. Yeah. They could say it anyway. anyway. Um, Actually, yeah, no. um, it's the Valencia 42 mil version, which means it's got a luminous, really luminous dial. The whole dial is like loom. Um, so it's really in the bright sunlight. It'll really, really light up and you're coming down in the sun and it's one of those watches that sort of like it glares at you. It's so, it's so bright. It's a cool watch though. It's an old. Is this one of the brands that you sell? No. No, I did bring it in. I bought that in for a, a company I used to work for previously. Um, had discussions with them, and we finally uh, we got to the point where we, we in, imported them for a while for a company I worked with um, for a couple of years, and then yeah, it went by well. They basically um, stopped importing them basically after, well after I left. After I left, but it's um, it's a nice little brand. Yeah, they're good quality. They use they, I think they're using mostly actually. Um, Myota movements now, but um, they were using ETA a lot. This is an ETA, and uh, yeah, yeah, nothing special, but yeah, bang for buck, basically. Yeah, so that's what I'm wearing. Is that good? <laughs> is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> what do you keep laughing for? I don't know. It's, it's, you gotta it's laugh. Just... I'm still just remembering that that video of uh, <laughs> they'll make a guy. You're never gonna, we're never going to get him on here. We're never going to get him on here now. You've ruined it for us. <laughs> well, I was um, I, I was speaking to one of our um, arch nemesis uh, mm. today on Instagram, Andrew from Time and Tide. Oh. And um, yeah, we were talking about that video. and But he sent me another video, one of their kind of swanky high-end Time and Tide videos that has production values and stuff. And they've got... Oh. Um, an Omega event where that Patronus guy is. Patronus. Is at, what's he called? I can't remember. I thought that was what? something about Harry, Harry Potter. What, what's he called? Uh, Petros or something. Yeah, Peter probably. Pet Petros. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah it was he was doing a, a presentation um, at some swanky Melbourne restaurant, and just his depth of knowledge is insane. Yeah. Yeah, really, really yeah. insane. And it's and again, I've, I've been saying to a couple of people, it's nice to have to see somebody out there in the watch world who is a bit different from everyone else. Mm. Um, I guess the watch Swiss watch industry is so often put as being this kind of perfect thing and perfect like pieces. Yeah. And everyone is a bit kind of cookie cutter is from what I understand in the watch mm. industry. Mm. Um, so when you get people like him or people like you or <laughs> well, people like Peter Borkhaus from Oris, people like me, um, yeah. I don't know. I think it just makes things a bit more interesting and human and, and no, wonderful. Absolutely. It gives me some, yeah, it gives me some faith in in the Swiss watch industry, actually, that it's not all robotic people. There's yes, some yes. Yeah. Like, real, no, hey, yeah. wonderful, yeah. eccentric characters out there. So I think it's great. Yes, true, true. Yep, true. Okay, that's good. What are we uh, talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what are you drinking? Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. We talked about that point in the in the program. <laughs> people must listen to this. The few people that listen to this must think, God, it's been like 15 minutes already. <laughs> and now just actually getting to what we're drinking. I am drinking another bottle of whiskey. I've, I've only got whiskey in the house now. This is what it's, this is what it's come to. I've, nice. I'm trying to have a different whiskey every time I come on. So I've got the McAllen 12-year-old limited edition double cask, which was given to me, another bottle given to me by my good friend JP Melbs from from Instagram. Um, I'm very near sick of, uh, of whiskey now. I'm going to power through, though, especially since ScoMo says the <laughs> bottle shops are going to be shut down soon. I think I'm going to have to, to persevere. Uh, but if, if I could have... Is that what he said? Yeah, I think they're closing down, yeah. So if I could have no more whiskey for for gifts for maybe the next 10 years, that would be be much appreciated. So yeah, I'm drinking a fairly decent sized pour of yeah this lovely double cask Macallan from, from JP. Very good, very nice. Have you got one of those special little whiskey glasses? No, it's like for the, wankers. You guys make in Scotland? No, we don't. We don't make this classes. It's the things you sell to tourists. Exactly. I'm sorry I said that because I have one right in front of me. Have you got one? It kind of if looks were, nice. If you it's... were in a Glasgow pub and you had one of those, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, be just, you're, yeah. you're getting glassed pretty quickly, I would imagine. <laughs> I think. So, I, well, no, I'll get to what I'm drinking, but I think if yeah. I remember. If I remember correctly, it's um I've got a couple. I was there with my wife at going through that Scotch whiskey museum or whatever in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, whatever Edinburgh, whatever you call it. Um, and I think that's probably the only ever thing that I made my sole remaining souvenir of Scotland is this little glass. Anyway, it's a bit sad, I don't know. <laughs> and it's very touristy. And I knew that when I got it. I took it. And I was like, this is a tourist thing, but anyway. Does it say something on it? I don't know. Um, I can't tip it up because I tipped the whiskey out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you know later when I finish it. Uh, anyway, and it's got a bit of that Glen Goyne. I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm slow with these things. I opened a bottle. It'll last me for, you know, quite a few weeks probably. Because um, just, you know, nothing special. Glen Goyne. I'm trying to kill myself off more. before the coronavirus gets to me. No, if you, the coronavirus won't have, won't be able to get through with it. You have such, you'd be pickled. 
So basically, you you you'll kill it before it even has a has a. That's a good idea as well, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, that's drinks. What are we <laughs> what are we doing today? Did you remind me again? We're, um, we've got a really fun thing that Rob came up with when he wasn't drinking. Oh, that thing. And it's called Rob's Mystery Drawer Challenge. I thought you were going to say, right, what's, in my, what's in my drawers? Let's all have a <laughs> rummage in Rob's drawers. Well, I think I've mentioned um, my little that's chest of drawers from AP, my little mm. chest of watchmaker drawers. It's about, uh, it's a 90, it's, yeah, I don't know, 80 centimetres. Anyway, it's a chest of drawers, 20, 20 drawers in it, varying sizes from very small to very big. Um, so I'm just going to pull one out. And see what's in there, basically. And we just wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought it's going to be like a game show, and you're going to say like all the drawers are numbered, and then I get to pick a number of the drawer, and then that's the drawer you open, and then you close your eyes and rummage your hand around, and then you pull out an item. No. Stab myself with a pair of number four tweezers. Yeah, sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that might be a bit complicated. I don't know what numbers are. Our listening figures would go through the roof. I'd imagine. Well, there's no money involved. You're not going to win anything. There's nothing okay, very just, exciting behind these drawers. It could be drawers. There's drawers full of watches, some of them. But I don't know which ones. Um, so just pick a drawer, then. Let's pick let's a drawer. Okay, let's just yeah. pick a drawer. Um, no, wrong drawer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick this drawer here. There you go. Can you come here? I'm going to... The whole drawer's out. It's sitting in front of me now. I'm going to put it on the desk. Yeah, okay. That's a lot of bunch of boring I, stuff. It's yeah, I couldn't stuff. do this. I just open a drawer at work. It'd be like, ah, oh, five thousand Renata batteries. Oh well. <laughs> Here's what? a three two one Renata battery. Oh, God damn it, it's a great battery. Here's a three ninety four. God, so many great memories of the three ninety four batteries. So much. Where are Renata what? batteries made? You know. Um, China. Mm. I don't know. I just said that. Okay. Switzerland, they're all Swiss made, right? There is a the brand Val, Val de Jeu. Val, Val de Jeu. Yeah, okay. Jeu. No, no Jeu is right. Um, okay, so what, what am I doing now? I'm looking in my drawer. Oh, I'm just yeah. going to stick my hand in and try and just shut my eyes. No, <laughs> it's um, it's really, it's going to be, as I mentioned, it's going to be really hard to actually describe stuff. Um, yeah. Watchmakers have such bizarre, eclectic collections of weird leftover stuff in their drawers usually i do have one little box i don't know if there's little sliding top boxes um with a bunch of uh spring bars in it actually for all different sizes mm. it's kind of kind of handy <laughs> stuff <laughs> mm, very interesting okay okay <laughs> this is going well <laughs> and then i have another one underneath that another little box and it's just like boxes within boxes within boxes it's unbelievable yeah. <laughs> Here's an interesting little thing. Well, I thought it was interesting anyway. There's a bunch of um, titanium screws from Richard Mills to connect the buckle to the strap. Wow. Uh, very rare they are. And they're worth about, worth quite a bit anyway. I don't know where I got them from. Who knows? Um, I have a thread of carbon, carbon fiber, a, a cotton, like little bit of string mm. made out of um, carbon fiber with little, that was little tiny bits of thread that they dropped it into a mold to make the first Audemars Piguet forged carbon watches. It's really cool stuff. Wow. Okay. See, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it, it's cool if you see it, but just yeah. describing it, it's that's not pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's a story behind it. That's where we can go. See, 
and she can go off and when I when I was doing my apprenticeship, when I was doing my training at all my pigger, um, it just happened that the the workshop next door for a little while, they that was this workshop where they were just playing with a lot of different prototypes to make these carbon cases. Uh, for the first, the very first one was the Alingi offshore, and that was going to probably be about. <laughs> How many coughs are you doing, Rob? You dead? I'm here. Oh my god! Sorry, like, I, 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 I thought like I'd repress the coughing. button. I'm, I'm one of those old guys. I thought I'd repress the button. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> did you? Can you hear okay. me? Can you hear me now, Rob? Can you hear me? Nah, where are you? You're really trying your best to out, outdo Patronus guy. <laughs> okay, so I'm, go on, Rob. No, 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 I'm not going to say anymore. Um, that's it, really. No, the first the first carbon watch, you know, the first carbon Alinghi offshore at AP, you probably don't. Um, yeah. It was a big deal at the time. They came out with this really cool, I actually have a case, I have a case here. If we, if we do a YouTube video, I can show you the case and the case back and the bezel and stuff made out of carbon, forged carbon. Um, but yeah, they, they, they had these molds of the of the the case of the watch. Like if you can imagine an offshore, the, just a standard steel offshore, the the case of it, um, how it looks. And they had a mold made up of that, and then they put a, a specific way to they weigh these little tiny bits of string, which are about three centimeters long, just like carbon string, wound around by by a material which was actually a resin, um, tiny thread, and they drop mollies in drop them into the mold and sort of put, push them all in there and then heat it up really, really, really hot. I forget what, what temperature, 700, 800 degrees or something, and then plus put a massive pressure on this mold and for a certain amount of time and then they let it off and pop out, out would come this little, you know, a carbon basically offshore case, watch case, mm. which would all they'd need to do is sort of, you know, clean a few little bits off and it'd be a perfect smooth hard carbon case which was really cool back in the day that was the very first forged carbon a lot of brands did it since uh, or a few brands anyway but that was um and that was right next to our workshop and we, we could go in there and see the guy and you know see how he's going and bring one out and he had a little team and then the team grew and then it became a massive workshop and then they outsourced it basically um so someone else just to do it for them because they could do a better job cheaper i guess but at the time, it was a really, really cool thing. And we were right there at the, we were getting bits and pieces of these test cases and bezels and stuff. And um, yeah, that they were using for the first Alinghi. So it's a piece of history, you know, a piece of watchmaking history, basically. So you just stole a bit of this stuff when you were. No, I was gifted. Really, you were gifted. gifted. Yeah, yeah. I don't steal anything. So it was like, um, yeah, when it's at the end of a spool or something, somebody's like, here, you can have this last little, this little bit as a, a, a memory, a exactly. mental of this, this wonderful yeah. thing. That's pretty cool. And funny you should mention that because I keep saying funny you should mention it. You must be psychic because the <laughs> memory of it with the cases and everything, they were a good memory because actually the guy, the head of that workshop, he actually died a few years later, um, quite young. What? That's not a good memory. No, no, no. But I mean, having the oh, parts, right. okay. having the pieces, that's not a good <laughs> That's not funny. I wasn't there when he died. I don't know if it was funny or not, but um, no. Um, but having the, you know, having these carbon, every time I get a carbon, these carbon cases out or carbon bezel, I think that's, yeah, that's what I'll, what's his name, dude? And I was, obviously, I knew him very, very well. close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So close. <laughs> I don't want to say his name, that's all. Patronus. Um, Patronus. 
So that's a little bit of carbon string. Then I have some little rubber washers from Richard Mill, which I used to put under the screws and some um, bits and pieces. I've got a whole pile of movement parts out of what looks like a 2120 AP movement, which is a tiny little, quite a small movement. Can't see half the stuff because I haven't got my loop. I'm half blind these days. Um, and then a 2325 movement out of an AP, which is a really small 18 mil and 19 mil movement as well. Do you use... um? When you're talking about movement dimensions, I imagine you use lines. Do you use lines still? Do you? Um, I mean, all the, the nomenclature, yeah, has lines on it, but I mean, nobody uses that. No, no, but you can't. Don't, nobody ever even talks about movement sizes like that in no, in no. our place. It's not. It just doesn't. It doesn't come into it. So, no. if no. ever myself or some other people who are into watches talk about it it's like mm. people don't even know what what the hell you're talking about so um. <laughs> yeah same well it, yeah it, you really place your only the only place you see it really is on the um the the, the worksheets for the movements isn't it we still yeah. see them i think on some of the old eta things and the ap movements as well what do they call well what what, what do you call that thing it's a gamma biatois it, it's the operational list when you actually build up a movement or pull up a, pull it apart i don't know what you call it in english no idea Anyway, um, in the same case, I don't know why there's some AP white gold AP screws for Royal Oak. I guess where they come from. And then there's a bit of a um, an old Seiko steel bracelet, and there's a bit of a bracelet from a Tissot T Touch, which I used to have. Wow. Um, do you remember that watch? Yeah. T Touch is. I um, have been known to work in a T Touch from time to really? time. Really? Yeah. Have you changed the battery? Yeah. yeah. Is it okay? Is it a simple job? Um, yeah. Because back in the day it wasn't, I don't think, because uh, you had to send it off somewhere and it took, I don't know how long, it cost quite a bit. I bought one when they very first came out, so the very first titanium version. Um, yeah. And then I went to change the battery and I got it done, but I had to send it back, I had to go back to Omega, I made back to Swatch Group or whatever. Um, I mean, is this the, is that a T Touch? solar yeah. or just a regular one the or... original the very first first t-touch yeah so regular I, I don't know i think it was solar um it's kind of cool it's sort of a cool the first thing first smartwatch yeah well that's, no that's well that's what the people when you speak to people at tso that's like cool. like do you know that we um we actually invented the first smartwatch you're like i'm not sure if you actually did but <laughs> So what what one is it you've got? I don't. I sold it because oh. the battery cost too much to, and then I sold it to a mate, not a good mate. <laughs> yeah. So it's the guy that died. No, no, no. <laughs> he died. No, no. But I had it for a couple of years, and it was um, it was kind of funky. Um, but the glass was the front was always dirty because you kept getting smudgy fingerprints on it. I can't handle that when you're you know, you're a watch guy. Mm-hmm. You want. So I ended up yeah, selling it to to a guy. Um, I think you do a thing now if you send one in for mm. for service and it's a certain if it's like the first generation, mm. um, they offer you an upgrade to a modern one right. for like a, for a big discounted price. I can't remember what I don't I can't remember or don't know what it is, um, but I think that's that sounds familiar to me. So I always think yeah. if I ever find find like a early early T touch and it's mm-hmm. it's broken and I can get it for five bucks or something, I would send it in. Get a, get a new one 
and then never wear <laughs> never wear the new one anyway but have had have got like a really good deal on it but maybe you, maybe you should be scouring ebay for for for, for, a, for an old one for parts uh, you could just yeah trade in but mm. i do remember that they actually they actually publicized that didn't they? i think at one point i don't know where whether it was i was still in switzerland or here um where they did mention that yeah it was just i don't know there's so many updates and changes and stuff they were and the old one i think was it was quite complicated for just for like simple stuff battery changes and stuff but it was well, a good story how um how hey got it done you know and got it done in switzerland and for, for a decent price i thought that was quite cool as well what, uh, what do you mean what what's the what's the story well they, they were basically they got to the point where production where they said okay we should be able to get it we can get it done some guys suggested in the company that they should get it done in china or parts of it certain parts of it and he mm-hmm. said no no we want to get the whole thing done here and he basically got them to work and work and work at it until they could really get it done in switzerland um i'm talking about you know i'm not talking about every single component but the main the main all the main components um to all intents and purposes the whole watch um getting produced in switzerland for for under i think what the price was but it was you know the the, the production price was quite cheap and it was as almost as cheap as the chinese could do it um which sounds wow sound, yeah but, sounds unbelievable to me it, <laughs> I was about, it, well, yeah <laughs> i was about to say is that why it's still exactly the same technology that, that it had at the, at the beginning because it's still been made maybe in maybe yes but yes i actually saw something recently on linkedin and it was an update to t-touch where it's going to have android or right bluetooth or it's going to be really well i'm not sure how smart it's going to be yet <laughs> maybe up there with kind of a current uh, yeah, intelligence okay. of a current world leader or something that level of smartness but um <laughs> it, yeah it was it, when i saw it i was kind of i was i can't remember what exactly the technology update was mm-hmm. but i, was, I thought okay. okay that's pretty cool that they're going there so it is God. And the thing is, and the reason why it was such a big deal that he got it done, uh, he managed to get it produced at a, such a good price or so, well, I guess it was value for money or whatever. It was that, in fact, it turned out to be a massive money spinner for the company um, and the group. You know, the, as you know, the, the T-Touch who become such a such an iconic, well, they would call it an iconic watch from the, at the start. It was they really didn't have that confidence or they weren't really sure. He was sure. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Pierre Hayek, they called him, the father Hayek, um, when they first did it. But the guys that worked there even weren't that sure. They weren't convinced, but it really turned out, you know, they sold millions and millions of units. So, you know, all's well that ends well, basically. We, when we um, started working on them, or when I'd started getting trained up on them, um, my boss had had one and he gave it to me to learn right. to, like, you oh, okay. wear it. And you'd, because, I mean, the functions are, and, I'm not going to say they're complicated, but it's a they're totally different thing from working on that versus working on a mechanical mechanical watch or even just a regular quartz watch. So he would give you this T-Touch to wear. Right. And then when you'd kind of trained yourself up on how to use all the functions, then you'd give it to someone else who was going to work on T-Touches. Right. Okay. But then it kind of turned into like a punishment, <laughs> a punishment thing <laughs> where... Um, if you're the new person and you'd started right. that was kind of your it's like if you went to boarding school and you and people spanked you or something that's kind mm-hmm. of the, the right. watch workshop equivalent of that you had to wear the t-touch for a month until you <laughs> kind of 
till someone else, some other poor bugger came along, and then they were they were the new person to be T yeah, we've said you've been T touched. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay. Okay, no more T touch chat. We've had about that's, twenty minutes of T touch chat. First oh my goodness. Time. Okay, yeah. Okay, what else have I got in here? I got an old toothbrush. <laughs> that's probably just for cleaning watches and stuff. How do you clean your watches? How do you advise people toothbrush. to clean their watches? Toothbrush, old toothbrush, yeah. soap and warm water, whatever. I see yeah. people okay. yeah, putting stuff in ultra like getting those ultrasonics online and and mm. putting the full watch and stuff in which is well what, what are your thoughts of putting a full watch full head, watch full watch the head head no. there's even i saw somebody had uh i can't remember what watch it was but it was on in this little ultrasonic thing and in the ultrasonic it came with a little cradle thing or something so the yeah, watch head yeah. yeah was out of the water ah. but the bracelet okay. was in no. And then, what do you, what do you think about that? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to give away any silly things I've done, but um, no, I wouldn't. I mean, ultrasonics are great. I for, think I think about the vibrations going through the bracelet, yeah, exactly. traveling up yeah. into the case, yeah. the case vibrating, the screws coming loose inside the inside the movement. Yeah, um, I, I don't recommend but it. Really, I, but, no, but I had colleagues who did it, and they just when you get a filthy bracelet, and they want to take a link out, for example, or whatever, and you can you you can just just holding it by hand, holding the head out, and that's the same thing. You know, you're going to get yeah. vibrations through, and you shouldn't do it. No, definitely yeah. not. Take the bracelet off, put it in the basket, put it underwater, put everything in there. But the, the head, yeah, you need to clean it with a little toothbrush. Yeah, basically. It's that, is it's that high tech. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very very high tech, isn't it? Basically. Um, hey, what else have I got in here? I got a little thing for. For sharpening screwdrivers, I wonder if you have one of these, um, or for shaping your screwdrivers. If you go to the Bergeon website and you put two four six one, the Bergeon two four six one tool, have you ever seen one? It's like a little wheel each side. Have you ever seen one of those? Oh, yep, yep, yep. We've got not to give away too many trade secrets. Yeah. We've got one right. of those. Right. Okay. <laughs> In the workshop. Yeah, I can imagine. And, well, it's not, um, yeah. But you're supposed to. That's the kind of thing we're supposed to use. Is, yeah. is that, but um, I don't know, so few people actually do anything yeah. with their screwdrivers now. It is deeply, deeply <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Sometimes you look at some of these screwdrivers, it looks like, yeah, mm. somebody's being gnawing on the actual... <laughs> the, the thing the, is, I mean, you look yeah. at them just, you know, with the naked eye and they look okay, you know, you can see, but you look at them with a loop, yeah, and they're really, really bad. I, I, I can't... And, Again, that's one of the first things you learn being an apprentice watchmaker in Switzerland is you know, how to shape your screwdrivers. And I've been through that before about you know having different screwdrivers, different different calibers, and a whole different bunch of things. But yeah, yeah you spend days and days and days and days just learning how to shape a screwdriver properly. And this little tool—it's not too bad. It's not um, perfect either. Um, but for some things, you obviously you need the, the right size stone for it as well—a um, large enough stone, which is fine, an emery stone. Which I have as well in another drawer, probably. But, um, yeah, it's not a bad little tool. It's I don't sort of... mind it. I've used it a couple of times. But just to go and get it, and or even if you have so one. hard. I know. First of all, problems. But to, to, get, to get it out or whatever, whereas if you've just got a little stone or something on your bench yeah, exactly. and you're touching, touching up your screwdrivers as you go, 
which yeah. you need to do. This is yeah, of course. I get so pissed off when I see people doing the kind of whole. It's like twenty minutes before they're due to leave for the day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna sharpen my screwdrivers, and I'm thinking, like, what the hell condition have your screwdrivers been in for the rest of the day? You know, you're suddenly only looking after yeah. them at the end of the day. It's yeah. just, it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. No, but I guess I mean I've seen guys in Switzerland doing that as well on a workbench where they're killing time at the end of the day, and it's yeah, I guess you so at least the next day they're starting it with fresh screwdrivers, and they're all you know nice and nice and pointy and nice, you know, nicely yeah, shaped. You're touching them up over the course of the day, and then also you're yeah. doing like a good proper job at the end of the day. That's fine. But if you're just doing them at the end of the day, <laughs> and you never do anything else the rest of the time, then it's it's, it's just bullshit. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> good. And what um do you what are they what's the story with screws? If you mark a screw, if you, if you you know when you when you're doing a service, for example, where you are, do you would you be um swapping the screw out? immediately or yeah what's the story is, is there yeah. is there like yeah yeah do you polish screws at all um, i i have been known to polish a screw from time to time <laughs> but it's not recommended i'm known to do lots of things that yes, aren't recommended okay. right to yes, kind of okay. keep the uh dream of watchmaking mm-hmm. <laughs> alive um but yeah, it's, it's sometimes when you're changing parts on things as well Sometimes you don't want to have to wait for a new part. Even if you get it an hour later, you just want to get that job done. You want to get the watch closed up. Yes. Whatever it is you're doing, you want to get on with it and move on mm-hmm. to the next to the yep. next job. You don't want to get a yep. watch, a move, uh, sorry, a part two days later, and then you're trying to work out like what you were doing in the first place. Mm. Um, and it it hones your skills more if you're making things and fixing things rather than just changing parts out if you just change parts out all the time then that's all you can ever do because you're not building yep. any skill set yep so depending skills. on how much the yeah. skills of the watch regulator yes yeah. i agree that's the terrifying thing the skills of the watch regulator <laughs> think back what? to the renata battery conversation from earlier on <laughs> what about do you i guess do you have very very small screws or tiny screws where you'd need like a to make your own screwdriver bit out of out of copper or bronze or something brass? No, not anything no. I, I work on. It's kind of interesting no. actually from the level of watchmaking that you're at to the um, uh, subterranean <laughs> level <laughs> that, well, that I was at. Um, that 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 I'm at. It's it's still nice though that there's certain things that we can agree on the, and, exactly um, and you, you the principle the principles there I mean, it's, it's, it's not rocket science i mean it's logical really if you have a you know to keep things to keep things not marked that's why we always you know we always manipulating screws with with um bronze brass sorry right. tweezers only um yeah. and yeah we'd never touch a pair of steel tweezers unless it was to do the hairspring or fours or fives or, or whatever you know specialist tweezers um but yeah, your general everyday tweezers, it was always, always brass. It was just um, no brainer. There's nothing else, no, no option, basically. Uh, obviously, if you're dealing with blued screws, then it's even worse. Um, or, you know, you have to be more careful. But yeah, we often, we're often doing, making little screwdriver bits out of um, copper, something really soft, um, so that we would, to make sure we didn't mark a certain screw in, in a certain movement because they were renowned for, for being very delicate. Um, yeah, and screw the whole screw screwing thing uh, as well with all different different 
dimensions and diameters of screws. It's something that we had to sort of learn quite thoroughly, like the torque, the correct torque for different screws, um, you know, to not damage a screw or a, or a bridge or whatever. Um, so that was, you know, it's another few weeks worth of, of training just to, just to, just to learn how to screw a screw in basically at the, at the, but at the right, at the right torque. So it wasn't too loose, too tight. Um, then you had screws with very flat heads and very short or, or, or um, shallow shafts or short shafts where, you know, if you, if you screwed too tight, you can actually see the mark on the top of the, in the bottom of the in the bottom of the groove of the screw, mm. you can see you can see a little round thing where it was starting to break or underneath, like there was a stress fracture in the end. Then you'd have to pull the whole thing out and start again. Yeah. That was, yeah. So it was. Yeah, do it, you it's, have any torque screwdrivers? They do in production um, yeah. when they're actually making the making the parts. But um, and yeah, we got we had to learn how to use them um, in case we ended up in production, basically. Um, but and then Bergeon came out with these little torque screwdrivers where you have like a little torque collar that goes over a standard screwdriver, which is a really clever idea, mm. and you can you can set those to certain torques. But uh, AP had their own yeah sets of torque screwdrivers which we used for, for most um, specialist sort of jobs. But yeah, the um, the new Bergeon screwdrivers is a, is a really really clever thing. It's um, yeah, it's just a little a collar with a, some sort of you know little ratchet system. And it's not that big and it slides over the top of a screwdriver. I think what they're called in English. <laughs> I don't know they call it in French either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what language do you know what they're called in? <laughs> uh, Swahili. There's no point, no point saying that really. Um, yeah, so that was it was something to take into account. And it was it was a very fine tuning thing for your fingers to learn how to be um, you know, to be confident in and that was part of exams, you know, that you you build a build a movement up hand it in and then they pull it all apart, checking the torques um, just with their fingers, you know, so it's not as if it was, um, it was amazing uh, with the experience over years and years, how they can, how they can just get the perfect, um, perfect torque for, for a screw. And that's goes for every screw, screw holding down a bridge, which is, you know, basicest example um, to whatever, something holding down a spring or a click gear or whatever. Okay. Here's uh, a question for you. Here we go. Yeah. You break a screw. Hmm. Never happened. You, you've never done that. <laughs> yeah, you <lying> bastard. <laughs> well, to break a screw, you got to be pretty. You got to be pretty heavy-handed. I mean, you could damage a screw, mark a screw. We called it, which was pretty yeah. common. Yeah. Okay. You never broken yeah. a screw. Okay, you're a better, a better broken. man. Broken. No, I have broken. Yeah, the, the, the shallow ones I was talking about. Very occasionally, the first couple probably, um, but not since. But I mean, a standard screw like a, like a um you know, a, a, a bridge screw, you should never break one, basically. Um, what well, about like a case back screw? No, no. God, see, this is what Only... happens when you, when you spend thousands of dollars on a, a proper watchmaking education. <laughs> well, th there's that, but I mean, it's sometimes it's a screw. If, if you've got a cheap screw, a cheaply made screw, um, and you've got a cheaply made screwdriver, and a cheaply made case back, and you, you know, it's much easier to do as well, much easier to break. Um, True. That's my that's my theory. Uh, you know, it, it's, but yeah, learn that after the basics. After, if you're not if you're not a total, you know, if you've got a tiny bit of feeling in your fingers and you're not a, not a not a um, a total meathead, like a, a knuckle dragger, you know, it's, you learn pretty quickly. You know, a decent torque for a screw. Um, yeah, I haven't broken any screws in 
couple of weeks. But I have been off. I'm good. getting back to work on Monday, so I've got looking forward to wrecking some <laughs> wrecking some screws. But, Actually, in my in my yeah, drawer, my top right drawer, I have a box, and it always brings me great joy. And it has screws in it, and on the box, and this is written by someone else, not by me. I've inherited this box, which mm. happens a lot. Yes. It says on it, "30 old screws," and um, it just always brings a, a smile to my face <laughs> whenever I see it. And that's where you put all your dirty old yeah, screws. Yeah. Okay. Well, they do get dirty, don't they? Basically, but they yeah, when they're broken, they're broken. They're no good. But um, marked or having. They call it corn as well. Like you put uh, corn there, it's like horned. So you, when you're doing it, you know, you can imagine if you're doing a polished screw too tight, especially if, you, if you've got a black polished screw, you, you're screwed. You're gonna, always going to use a, a copper um, screwdriver bit or wood, you know, to not mark it at all um, uh, to, to a point as much as you can to manipulate, manipulate them. But it's black polished or, or blued or, or even a polished screw if it's really easy to do it a little bit tiny bit too tight and even if it's sometimes it's almost the point where the the line between having it to the correct torque and doing it that tiny bit more to the point where you know each side of the slot is a bit marked um it's no good you if you have a ap with a sapphire back a, a display or any decent big brand you know uh, even Omegas, they shouldn't. You should take that screw out, polish it again, and put it back in again, and make sure you put it back in so it's not. The, basically, the customer should be able to look at it with a loop, not that they do, hopefully, but um, or sorry, a watchmaker. The next watchmaker that gets it should be able to look at it with a loop and not tell that. It's, I mean, he knows it's coming in and out that screw, but not being able not being able to tell that it's um, you know been manipulated. So it's got to look yep. brand new. Yeah, I think there's kind of guidelines as to yeah, yeah, what you can see on it and what's acceptable and yeah. and yeah. what's not for yeah. for QC purposes. Yeah, exactly. The more the more expensive a brand is, or the more expensive uh, or the more sort of autologous high end a brand is, then the the, the tighter the guidelines are, and the, and the less 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 they'll let things through. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. What else you got, Rob? Oh. What else is there? What else I got now? I've got a couple of little pieces of wood. Um, I think it's called rosewood. <laughs> it's hard rosewood. It's like a little, um, again, without showing you, it's kind of hard to describe. It's the wood which you use as a support when you're doing anglage, the old my chamfer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you haven't checked out Rob's two-hour-long anglage uh, masterclass what? podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um these are the bits. These are there's two here. One's kind of pretty new. I haven't used much, and one that I've used for all of my exam pieces and everything that I ever did, as far as chamfering goes. Um, they're basically like a, you can imagine a 45 degree piece of piece of wood that fits in your little vice, the vice that goes on the front of your watchmaking bench. Yeah. And then sort of so it sticks out a bit and gives you something to to hold your what you're working on. On you, you, if you have a bridge with a couple of screw holes in it, small bridge. One of those screw holes you'll actually use to screw it onto a, a handle, basically, yeah. so you can hang onto that bridge with your handle. You there's probably pictures online. And then you rest that on this little piece of wood I have in my hand here, and you with your files, with your all your little files, um, you go to go to town basically. So and that's rosewood. It's very hard with all of, it's it's bizarre. All these things, all the watchmakers use them in Switzerland. They always have, and that's how it is. And you go on the Bergeron catalog, you buy that bit of you know buy that thing. Everyone knows what it's for. Um, 
it's sort of like the 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 rozo, the little pieces of really really soft wood um, that you use for polishing things and um, cleaning parts. You don't use mm-hmm. them here because you can't buy them, but you buy these bundles of of um, I think they call it what do they call it. Um, anyway, it's it's basically this weed that grows up in the in the Jura Mountains. It's like a thistle, and they and they go through after they're after and in summer and when they're all dead and they chop them off and they chop them up in little pieces and they take all the outside skin off and you're left with this pithy little soft bit inside yeah, this, almost like balsa wood yeah yeah we've, yeah we've got those when you said you couldn't get them i was like shit i must be thinking of something different no, no, it's well, kind of no, like I've, porous looking very almost. porous I've, yeah yeah i do have a few bundles of them here but they're kind of getting rarer and um yeah that's good if you've got them because they're, they're yeah. kind of outsiders hits on us um you can buy them on Bergeron. You know, they cost silly money, probably, for a bit of... But there's some little dude, you know, going around collecting these things up, cutting them off, and doing his little workshop where he's, you know, preparing them for, for watchmakers. And then, yeah, with, with the high-end stuff and even, um, you know, polishing and, and that, you'll use them quite a bit, those those things. And then, obviously, they, they're, they're consumables. They wear out in, in you know, two minutes. And you chop chop the end off and use it a bit more and then chop the end off until there's nothing left. And then you throw it in the bin and start again. But they're all kind of so, and the different pieces of wood you use um, for for the diamond paste and all this kind of stuff. It's just it's very specific. They have their things, their traditional things that they've been using forever. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Isn't that great that they've been using this thistle thing yeah, for God yeah. knows how many years, and it's yeah. still something used now. That's the really exciting part yeah. of watchmaking for for me. It's like it, there's no other thing they've come up with yet they're like no <laughs> better get up the hills cut down some of those old dead thistles we need some more watchmaking tools it's exactly what it's like and every time you go up like the hills. coaxials and stuff and yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly no 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 you, i mean every time you use those things i think you know where they come from up in the hills and you can see i can see i've seen them growing green at the start of the you know in the spring um it, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a really weird concept of having these such old tools um they, provided by nature basically uh like these different woods and stuff so it's yeah that's um we sort of sort of a bit of went off on a bit of a tangent there so that's good can I ask a question rob you can ask yeah what's what's going to happen when when you die to all these things <laughs> well it, just it, asking it might, the question seems like an opportunity i don't know they might not um oh you mean all my stuff my I mean my drawers yeah um uh well you know um i'll probably i don't know i'll get my kids to auction it off to the highest you want to like give your ungrateful kids all your good stuff they're not going to understand the the thistle um the thistle yeah they were born in switzerland you know they got a bit of that old old worldness about them but look you play your cards right and you just never know you know you just never know (laughs) can't wait to go along for the will reading and they're like here's here's your thistle wood God, look, he's so emotional. He's crying. <laughs> I might leave my little my little Bergeron screwdriver shaper. My, my oh, grinder. You need you another know. one in the workshop. So no, it's not for the workshop. It's for you, my friend. Yeah, I'll take it in. I take like you, you, sometimes if you even if you work in a workshop, you need to take in your own stuff because they don't always have all the, the stuff that you need and the stuff yeah. that you're used to, to working with. So sometimes you just need to like I'm the they had they had loom at one point. And um, there's no loom anymore. They lost it's the like loom or something. Powder or something with them. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I had loom from before I got into watchmaking, where I would like re-loom my own hands and stuff. So I just turned yeah. up one day with with 
loom brilliant um and then somebody's like oh where did you get that loom from and it's like the internet and they're like no no but what where no where is that in the workshop we've been looking for that for years and i was saying no no, no this is like my own loom and they looked at <laughs> me like wait a minute you've been here three days why have you got your own <laughs> your own loom but now i'm the loom guy people come to me and they're like brilliant can you, you reloom this bezel pip on like an old Seamaster or something, and I'm like, literally brilliant. Hell yes, hell yes, I can, and I take great, great pride in it. Um, right. But yeah, sometimes you need to bring in your own, your own tools. Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's what was good about the course when I started training there. You know, you 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 you, you pay out the tech out. You pay all this, all these tools. I mean, the same as an apprentice here, I guess, if you're a tradesman or whatever. Um, when I used to work in airplanes, I did the same thing for my toolbox back in the day, but. They yeah they take it out so you've got you have this brilliant it's basically an awesome toolkit and you you've got a massive head start on just um because, especially if you're with a with a maison like uh, Lord Mapiga because you've got a lot of guys have done things the old way uh, so they know what you need to do what you're going to do in in your career basically so it's yeah it's nice to have it's a nice 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 thing should we move along or are you out of time sure no what what time is that I don't even know I don't know I don't know. What have I got here? Oh, I've got a... God, we're 48 minutes in. Jesus Christ. No, keep on going. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Are you? Oh, good. This next thing's yeah. got nothing to do with watchmaking. It's a badge from my old school. Badge off my blazer from my school, by the looks. Yeah, well, high school. Okay. Don't know what they're doing there. Um, what, what was the school, Rob? Uh, can't bring something out your drawer in, not, like, just be like, it's a badge. Not going... You need, to, you need to paint the picture in people's minds. You need to be like, there's an emblem on there. It's of an ostrich like fucking a giraffe or something you need to get people's minds to, mm, to imagine nah, up. no ostrich no giraffe sorry well, what's it's on got it a book. it's got a book and it's probably got something written in latin i can't see that it's got um, west west wyalong high school so west wyalong is a town in the center of new south wales pretty much is that out in the old wheat belt in, is it? In the, uh, yes exactly <laughs> yeah in the sticks in the bush um, i don't know whether i was prefect or something or other well you're a prefect jesus christ we have to wrap this thing (laughs) (laughs) anyway next moving right along um you know those little do you have those little cases uh little little um i don't know what you even call them receptacles little things (laughs) they're about a centimeter and a half because little round things with a lid you know you put little parts in basically Mm -hmm. yeah oh you get round ones five six seven eight nine ten of those sitting in here some of them are empty and some of them have who knows? Lots of the little square ones, like little jewelry boxes, or like ah, yes. with a clear lid. But yep. then we get sometimes the good ones. I think are braggy, and they're round, and they yeah. have like it's almost like Glad wrap or cling film or something. Yeah. So when you okay. put, and that, that yes. has like one part in it, mm-hmm. and yep. it looks like the part is just suspended in mid air in the box. Yep. It's like so baller when you look at it. Those are the really good ones to get. But what I've ones are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got a few of those here as well, but these ones are just the little ones where they've got aluminium. They've got a little, tiny little aluminium can with a little clear lid on top, plastic lid, or aluminium and and, and plastic. They're quite complicated, actually, for a little tiny receptacle for parts, screws and stuff. Most of them are those. Some of them are all – the two halves are both clear plastic, hard plastic, and they have little washers from various movements. Um Richard Mill, AEP, my own movements, whatever. I've got this little long skinny one here, but it looks what looks like a um what do you call those things? My goodness. It's like um when you might want to make a hole a bit bigger <laughs> and you 
is it a carissoir you call them in French with like a little point which has got three or four sides and they're like sharp and you just give a little tiny um, adjustment with your hand in, in 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 a hole to make it a tiny bit bigger. You know, have those. You use a after that, you use a no go no go gauge to tell exactly what size the hole is when you've been playing with. Oh, this is above my pay grade. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually have the another draw we get to later on. I have a wooden box which is about a hundred years old at least, um, and maybe I don't know six inches by three, and it's it's only about half an inch or a centimetre tall and high the whole box and it slides this lid off and there's all these little compartments. It's it's ancient. With all these little acaries while I'm talking about here, there's all different sizes of them. There's there's hundreds of them in there. And also little tiny taps and dies, you know, for making threads or threading holes. Mm-hmm. Um tiny, tiny point point two, point two five um thread sizes. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't know where I got that from, some some old dude's box um watchmaker. So you've inherited stuff as well. I have inherited stuff, yeah. It's kind so of I, a special thing when you inherit yeah, something like that. It is. And it really, I guess that means I really have to hand some of it on, don't I? To, to you do. <laughs> only, only the good stuff. I've actually got uh, another thing that always makes me laugh. I've got this um, a case back knife. It's, like a pretty, oh, yeah. it's, it's a pretty old one. Yeah. And it has the name of a watchmaker in, engraved on it. Right. Uh, yes. Um. And I remember that watchmaker. And then I also remember he um, left the company under a cloud, shall, shall we say, after right, okay. once he'd had a few too many drinks at right. a Christmas party. So I always look at it and I look at his name and I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's, what he's doing <laughs> now. But it yeah. is, other than that, it's nice when somebody, when you go, especially if you're trying to, if you're learning something yes. or you go to a more qualified watchmaker mm-hmm. and you say i'm struggling with this and then they show you how to do something mm. and then you're like oh if only i had one of those that thing yeah. you've got <laughs> would hint. be excellent i wouldn't have fucking wrecked this thing if i had one of those little things that thing and then they go here you have that one and <gasps> then it, you're like wow it, make, it <laughs> makes you feel special and you, they, they have like an r10 in their drawer because they're stockpiling them all like yeah 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 paper during the coronavirus thing but <laughs> You feel special, and then you go away, and you're like, I've got this new tool, and I know how to use it. Yeah, you do feel special. You take it back to your desk with two hands, carefully put it down, but you're not special. You just feel special. That's all. Mm. Um, but it's nice to, yeah, it's nice. There's plenty of things in this in this this kit where you know old guys have given to me, or I've, I've old guys have showed me how to shape a tool or make a tool and stuff. And yeah, it sort of brings back memories, basically. Um, yeah, so almost. Well, what else? Not much else in here. I've got a. What does that say? It's a. Um, I've got a speedy Hesselite glass, lightly scratched. Yeah. Anyway, Best way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So it's just sitting in. It's all wrapped up again. I've got all the stuff. It's all wrapped up, and the stuff in little Ziploc bags, little seals from different watches. There's a crown of something else. Don't know if that's an Omega or something. Um, it's some AP stuff. This is sort of the basic draw. It's up the top, so. We'll get to the complicated. The how many how many drawers have, have you got? There's 20 in this thing. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay, this is <laughs> that, that, that I'm making a ruling. This is now a new series. Okay, what's well, in we, Rob's drawers? Or we might, we might have gone through. This might be the most interesting one though. Some of them are pretty boring. Yeah, um, but I think this is a good a, a good thing. I think this is something we can do 
So is yeah. that is that as wrapped that one drawer? There's nothing else. No, oh no, no, not really. I've got the I've got the hang. I got, I've got all these little these little cans I was talking about. Little 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 things. They've all got stuff in them, and I don't know, I haven't even looked at them with a loop to see what they are. Um, some of the washers, some are screws, some are um, buckle attachment. There's one here basically has it the Amiga sign on the front, so it's something out of an Amiga. Um, I can't put my loop on because I've got my headphones on, but I'm gonna have a look at that. What's in there? Oh, there's some oh, some bracelet screws okay out of an amiga they could be used or new i don't know then we've got uh what's that something under 20 mil i don't know what that is there's some washers here from oh that's definitely richard mill stuff the whole pile of richard mill screws and washers these screws that cost a million bucks a kilo um so they say um some ap screws gold ap screws front and back for a royal oak by the looks full set where did that come from you're gonna to have to melt all this down, price. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Realize that gold Possibly. prices are through, through the yeah. roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a, there's some just loose screwdrivers right in the front of that drawer because it is one of the top left ones, and I sort of grab screwdrivers out of there. It's not the screwdriver you use a proper proper watchmaking, but if I want to do anything or <laughs> fix a pair of glasses or something, that's where they'll come out of there from. Um, there is a little thing here. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's called even. It's for um. It's for checking when you do a hairspring, when you cut a hairspring and you attach the hairspring to a balance wheel. Um, it's for checking the length of a hairspring, like the raw the, the raw hairspring before you bend, put any bends in it, the hairspring mm-hmm. you get from um, General Restore or whatever they're called. And there's a little piece of glass that they've always it's, – it's a crazy little tool. It's a plate of glass and it's a little steel rim around the bottom and then it has – underneath has a little – piece of paper with all these different segments on it at every um, up to 30 degrees, basically. And, yeah, it's all divided up so you can put your hairspring on there. We'll look at it with a loop and then you know exactly how long going by the books and for that particular hairspring or whichever watch you're working on or whichever frequency you want, you cut the hairspring to the right length, basically, using those little seg- sectors. I don't know why it's on glass. It's, it's um, I'm sure if I started doing it again, I'd be able to tell you straight away. There's a hole in the middle for dropping your your, your balance wheel on with your staff, uh, mm-hmm. the, the 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 axis of your balance wheel. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird. Um, that's I wouldn't even know what that tool's called anymore. Um, okay, put my name down for that as well because I don't I don't have one of those. Okay. Yeah, this is it's, great. It's, it's like a little like shopping spree I'm going on just now. <laughs> a virtual shopping spree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got some old used seals out of some whatever watches I've pulled backs off probably, and and that basically wraps up this drawer there is one another little box with another whole bunch of components out of another ap i'm oh, not the same with 2120 movement there's um God, there's, there's wheels there's first and second wheels there's a couple of crowns so from royal oaks there's some springs uh, there's a whole reverser system there two of them by the looks <laughs> looking at my loop now you can imagine me bending out this little tiny box with a little, <laughs> um some more little tiny screws screws about point six mil across by the looks of that one yeah so um yeah it's a little bits and bobs as the watchmakers say <laughs> collect it up you know you know what watchmakers are like they don't throw out much stuff um they're very reluctant to throw anything out actually or the ones i, I think, know anyway yeah i think maybe that's changed i certainly don't throw anything out. i've got a box that says junk on it yeah. and there's stuff in there like broken ceramic links there's just i'm not even joking you're never ever going to use not even joking but i think 
I, I don't even know. It's like it would have to be some new situation would come up <laughs> that would call for a broken. And I can't imagine what that situation might be as yet. Yeah, but right. Okay. Watchmakers are normally hoarders oh, by yes. by nature. Yes. Actually, I remember the guy who's who I got the case back knife from. I remember after he was um, asked to leave the the premises, and they went through his bench, and or some other manager who wasn't in the workshop went through his bench, yeah. and was just like flabbergasted by the stockpiles of stuff. But good stuff they of junk. Had in there. No, it was like stuff they're like. We've been we've been trying to get these from Switzerland and they're like <laughs> we can't we can't get them and and he just had but he'd been in the game for for uh, maybe thirty five something years. Oh, okay. Um, yep. and he had so much stuff. Yep. And then after that, I think there was kind of like an amnesty for like yeah, okay, if you're, okay. you're stockpiling thirty five years worth of parts in your bench, <laughs> now is the time to to like. Hand, yeah, hand right. Okay. Um, but it's I, I don't know. You want the part. Some some things you want to give. You, you don't want to have a huge stockpile because mm. you just don't use them, and you know that. Yeah, of course. Um, and other things, like it's not like you're taking them home and selling them or anything. No, no, you're not and getting anything from it. A lot of the time, it. if you try and give them back to to whoever, they're like, uh, it's like uh, it's a lot of work for us to have to put mm-hmm. these back into the system or something. Yep. So you're better yep. off just keeping them yourself and using mm-hmm. them as long as it's going to be something you know you're going to be working on again. Yes. It's better just to keep the part and then you don't have to yeah. go through the whole process of ordering the part again. So, um, yeah. Is there is there so, some sort of setup where a quote is done or, or, or a, a uh, a repair is prepared first where someone else gets out all the parts that you're going to need or is that not how it works in your workshop what do you mean say that again i mean it, basically where ap for example you had to work where well, the watch would come in it'd be pulled apart you the person would do a quote the quote will be done and then yeah. if it was okayed then that one person would go in there and get all the different parts that were needed for that repair, and that would go out to the watchmaker. The ah, watchmaker okay, so it's like di- diagnostics. So it's like what yeah. he's yeah. What, but then the, the watchmaker, yeah, yeah, the watchmaker wouldn't have to go any get any parts. Basically, you could use whatever's it all comes with the watch to repair. Yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, well, there's still going to be certain things, but if it's like a full service with uh, like a gaskets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm. crown then that all comes with it but there still might be if it's a proper movement service there might be little bits of the movement that obviously need swapped out or or changed yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah that's kind of what you start off yeah. with is you do diagnostics and then you're yeah diagnosing what's wrong with the watch and mm. trying to and you kind of yeah. get up to speed pretty quickly because if you don't order the right parts and then you get some miserable watchmaker oh. coming <laughs> bollocking you oh for sure and then yeah. it's something that watch then has to go on back order because if you'd actually ordered the part the correct part in the first place then they could have done the job there and then but because you didn't spot something they have to order the part and then it's going to be on their shelf for four weeks while there's yep. parts shit so it's on blah 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 so yeah. um you quickly learn to to be more more vigilant um 
because I do all warranty stuff, it's it's, yeah, okay. it's kind of totally different. It's just like whatever it takes to fix yes. the job there and then, yeah, get yeah. it done as quickly as possible. We need that watch back in the customer's wrist, like one thousand percent all about the best customer experience. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's it's a total it's a kind of totally different thing, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's it's better because you can do more stuff. It's more yeah, exciting. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot more problem solving. There's no kind of taking the easy way out. No. It's it's all about making sure the watch gets back to the customer as quickly as possible. So Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. And do you save all the parts um, for a certain amount of time um, once you've done the service? Um, just in case they you know they complain or they want something or they ask for it back or they ask you to prove that what something was changed out or something. They or get you... all the parts back anyway. The customers get all the parts oh, okay. back. Unless okay. it's a warranty job, yes. if it's like if it's an actual service, which I don't think Rolex do this, because um, mm. they don't want people selling old crowns. No, exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But when when we give stuff back, it's got all the it's got all the gaskets, it's got absolutely everything. That's true. They mentioned back, absolutely yeah. everything, which I think is good. Um, yeah. Yep. But I know with Rolex, I think they take take your stuff out the back and like. Oh no, they would like um the bin or something. No, I well, I, what AP would be the same thing. We wouldn't give the parts back to AP necessarily. You give them a few little parts if it was a small service or whatever. But the parts where you know that there's well, there's, there's a market for basically if they, if they could sell. You, you'd basically, but even every single service you'd have, you put in a Ziploc bag, you have the date on it and the service job, and that'd be in a, in your drawer, the bottom drawer of, a, of your ah, desk, okay. your desk for two years, basically. Um, yeah, so if the customer ever came back or there was something come up, you could flick through there. There it is. That's all the stuff. That's what we did. Um, so that so was then after two system. years, what happens? Well, most watchmakers put it in there <laughs> in their little hoard. <laughs> or goes so this is why he, this is how your drawers are so full of, yeah. of stuff, right? Oh, well, that's exactly. I've got some Ziploc bags that have come out of that that, that, that filing system. Yeah, when I was at AP, um, but not many. That was, you know, there's a few bits and pieces, um, but yeah. Some guys keep them. Some guys chuck, toss them. Um, so there you've are got like gold crowns and and stuff like that. You just that that's yours after after no, two years. No, the gold crowns would that would be taken off the price of the of, of a of a quote so that because it'd be the value of the gold, which is very very little. Ah, okay. Um, so that would go back to the foundry or whatever. That'd go back to the factory and get sent back to the, the supplier doing the gold. Really. Um, yeah. So that you wouldn't really keep much much of that. Um, if you tried to do it, you wouldn't get away with it for very long. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Well, that's the good thing about, like, I've got enough junk in my drawers. I don't need to be keeping everyone's no, exactly. old gaskets and stuff like no, that. No. Where am I going to store all my Renata batteries if I have drawers <laughs> full of um, actual watch parts? I think it's I think it's kind of good to go back to the customer and then they can see oh, like, definitely. where, their, where yes. their money's gone and they can look at the old, mm-hmm. like, worn-out... Um, crystal gasket because a lot of time you can't see how old and scabby they are until it's out and they can say oh actually you know what they were right it did need a full service it did need all this more often changed i should do it exactly yeah Yeah. so yeah true i think it's a good thing yep yep there's there's yep for for some for most brands it's a good thing i think to send it all back basically yeah you're talking high-end brands people people do go nuts just for little tiny parts or whatever Uh, i mean i'm not talking richard mill we couldn't really you could give stuff back because you knew the customer wasn't wasn't out to sell it anyway, but there was, <laughs> yeah, a, there was such a, a massive 
such a massive market out there though for, for, for little parts um, that it was nuts. So yeah, different. It's funny. It's interesting though to see how different brands do things differently, different yeah. different ways of doing things. Um, I think our way is definitely the best. Just you're always, you're always always the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, not my way personally, but yeah, <laughs> my my way personally would be even better. <laughs> well, that's pretty much that draw. Um, I'm afraid there's some little stuff that I have. I can't look at because I haven't got my look. But it's just part of you know. Watches or cases, basically, worked on over the years. There's nothing really exciting, but I do have this box full of all different sizes of spring bars, which is um. We're going to do a whole episode, uh, spin-off episode, just spring bars. Yeah, we probably need to. That's nuts. <laughs> if we can make that entertaining for people, then we're right. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to be fine. Can yeah, I tell one? On. Can I tell one quick story about those little boxes you're talking about? I think until a joke. I remember. No. I remember when I started in the industry and I went to my first watchmaker party kind of thing, <gasps> night okay. out drinking, went to went to somebody's house and there were watches flying about and people were bringing out watches and people were just like cracking open watch bags in somebody's kitchen. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I was like so into it. I was like, this is... This is everything that I dreamed it was going to be. We've all had too much to drink. People are opening mm. like watch bags with butter knives mm. and stuff. I was like, this is this is just excellent. Brilliant. And um, and then the guy whose house we were at brought this little box, mm. and it was like one of the boxes that we get at work, like these little yeah, okay. boxes that you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. It's, and it says on the box, Swiss made. Oh my god, that's so exciting! And people are like still <laughs> looking at. at movements and stuff like that and talking about mm-hmm. vintage watches and then he oh, I'm like what's going to be in this case he opens the case and that's where he kept all these drugs <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah that's so, um <laughs> i'm sure there's a few watchmakers that that multi multi have multi uses for these little boxes um yeah yeah why not i suppose yeah so yeah that was quite an invent, eventful eventful night but it kind of went from going to god i'm really in i'm in an exciting industry and this is what it's all about and having kind of drinks and nothing like mm-hmm. not kind of super wild to yeah, yeah. Oh, actually just watchmakers are just like everyone else right yeah, yeah yeah even the swiss ones we had some good 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 little sessions um yeah even, yeah it's 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 funny they're very they're very conservative and they're very fastidious and fussy with their jobs but they play pretty hard as well, um, really. They, yeah, the Europeans, they're, they're brilliant. I hear some of them drink beer and grenadine. Like, I don't know anything, if I've ever oh, that's heard anything more hard- hardcore. <laughs> that's pretty hardcore, actually. If you haven't tried it, don't, don't do it. It's, it's I messy. feel like that should almost be like the this ceremonial drink of the podcast or something. Like, next time we do, like, another live one. We can arrange that. Yeah. We'll need to do just, like, some kind of beer cheap aldi beer and grenadine definitely competition or something yeah, i can get on board yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah don't knock good. it till you try it i'm gonna try it i'm gonna i'm gonna be all over it <laughs> right we're gonna wrap it for the night let's wrap it up yeah. what have you got for instagram follow rob instagram followers uh have we mentioned <laughs> you're supposed to be all rob's got this little short list uh, every time two minutes before we come on <laughs> I'm like furiously, it wasn't actually that difficult this time, but normally I'm furiously thinking back to who I've spoken to recently and um, who I've had some kind of connection with. Rob's got like a little list. He just scores people off. So I don't know how you can not it, know. It's in my head. 
No, oh, not really. It's not an okay. No, I do have it on a piece of paper, but the problem is the next one on the list was Spanish Rob, and everyone knows about him already because he's yeah. been on. Um, I've been following him for, oh, uh, yeah, I've known Spanish Rob for a little while. Good, great guy. Um, what about Fratello Watchers? Have we done that? Have we yes, have we mentioned him? All these industry people. Oh, look, okay. Isn't look, that, no, isn't no, no. that what's his face? Um, what's he called? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, is that not the guy that? Um, yeah, the Omega guy, Speedy Tuesday guy. <laughs> yeah, is that the guy who the Omega guy who was trying to get on Facebook, um, Instagram Live last night? <laughs> what was no, he called no, again? No, not him. No, Robert Young. Please, please, Robert. <laughs> Robert, please. Please, Robert. Please. No, this is Robert, Robert Jean. Robert Jean, he's a Belgian guy, I think. Oh, no, a Dutch guy. Um, so Fratello like, Watches. I don't want Fratello Watches. Okay, different one then. Um, actual people. He's uh, a person. He's a person. What about... Well, um? What says, well, what says... What about that guy you, you want to get on... Um, Waco. Waco. <laughs> Uh, Charles Sutanto. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah follow him. Yeah. Charles okay. Sutanto. It's all one word. Charles Sutanto. S-U-T-A-N-T-O at the end after Charles. Great guy. He's a, a big collector. I've met him a few years ago. He's a friend. He's got, he's got some mutual friends. He's um he's based in Jakarta, Indonesia, but he travels around Asia a fair bit and he's in Europe every year. Really nice guy. Yeah, and he's going to come on the podcast. Hopefully he's going to come on the podcast when he gets back to me. So yeah. when people go and when people listen to this and they go and follow him, go and give mm-hmm. him a follow and then comment on one of his pictures. Exactly. Say, say why you're following. Yes. And say, I'm so sorry to hear you going on Fifth Wrist Radio. <laughs> Maybe rethink that. Some something like that. <laughs> Just like notice what he's letting himself in, in for. No, you'll get scared and you'll run off. He won't he won't he won't come on. Um we no, want I brave people. He's here, right? He had, I had a conversation with him just the other day. He's going to buy one of my watches, actually. Um, so after this all blows over, as far as this virus goes, but good guy, awesome watches. Has some really, really interesting watches. Um, you get a smattering of you know bits of modern modernist furniture and stuff that he does as well. But um, no, uh, go and follow Charles. Okay. Who's yours? If he's if he's stupid enough to um, buy one of your watches, he's stupid enough to come on the podcast. Okay, so. Mine is someone called Den, who I've spoken to before in person, but I was speaking to him a bit on, on Instagram. It's another Melbourne person, okay? I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, he, we're just talking a bit about him modding watches, and he mods Vostoks, and really? he's modding a Sturmansky. Sturm, okay. Um, but anyway, so we're just talking about it, and he was, I was asking him like what he used to change change hands, okay. and he was saying tweezers. And I remember, well, I that's what I when I when I used to when I bought my loom, okay, to reloom hands, I just used tweezers. That was it. Brilliant. Off and on. And yeah, that was it. You t- you take them off. <laughs> peel them off with some tweezers, and then you put them back on. You Turn them, turn the tweezers around, give them like a little smack in the bottom to put them back onto the oh onto the dial. Okay. But there's there's other. Then once I properly got into the industry, and then there were the old school guys. Yeah. That's what they would do. They wouldn't bother getting the trumpet out 
to put like a second hand back on. They they'd done a they'd done a million of them. They would just yeah. put it just yeah. delicately on with tweezers, turn the tweezers around, give it a little tap, the second hand was back on. I've never and, seen anyone in Switzerland putting the tweezers on. Doesn't matter how old they are with a pair of tweezers. But it doesn't matter. But that's a strange way of doing it. Tools. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so when when I was speaking to him and he was telling me that, I was like, God, I used to I used to do that. But then I remember so when I started and then I saw these old guys doing it with tweezers. Mm. And then so I was like, fuck it. I'm obviously I've been doing it the proper way before I even started working when I've been doing my own stuff. So then I was just doing hands like that. Okay. Like when I started, like, oh, the second hand needs to go on. And then, okay. I'm, and then a watchmaker saw me do that. <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm getting dragged up. Like, why are you putting, um, why are you putting uh, hands on the tweezers? And I'm like, listen, I know I'm a bit ahead of my, <laughs> ahead of my actual skill level. And I, I've been <laughs> progressing, been progressing quickly, but I feel like I am capable of, I've been doing like, hands-on the tweezers for a while now before I started mm-hmm. um but it's good that Pete yes yeah, so I was being down and we're having a chat and stuff and he was telling me about how he's modding stuff and how right. certain bezels yeah. fit to Vostok watches and stuff and it was just nice talking to someone who's actually got a couple of little projects going Dan. And it's, it's Den D-E-N okay. and it's his Instagram before I get too distracted which obviously yeah. it's too late right did is I think it's Kamenev Photography K-A-M-E-N-E-V photography. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kamenev. Kamenev? Kamenev. 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 Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, oh, I was following yeah. already. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He was okay. at your, he was at your thing. Oh, was he? Rob Fest. <laughs> right. Rob Fest. Maybe that's why I'm following him. Um, yeah. Freelance. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Gotcha. Yep, got him. Okay. So yeah, I just Brilliant. thought it really nice, I, and that's I, I know I keep on saying the same thing, but I, I don't I, like I enjoy speaking to people a lot on the on the no, internet. Well, that's, that's great. That, that, that's fine. The, the, the most the, my problem is uh, the people I've spoken to most couple apart from a few guys here in Perth uh, is is guys out there. I'm sorry, but I um, mean you know, I'm just multicultural. You know, I'm just international man oh. about town. I mean, most of the guys You're I've like, spoken to over the years, they're just Swiss guys or, or whatever, or, you know, you don't even give guys. You're just like, hi, hi, everyone. My recommendation. Has anyone heard of my good friend, Hodinki? It's like, you ben. need to actually, you need to actually <laughs> recommend no, I've people. Their, I've got their personal, I've got their personal accounts. Do you want Anisha's personal account? Or I'm not going to get, this is all the stuff you're supposed to have, you know, like, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have any locals. That's all. I, you know, well, listen, I've had lots of even, um, you know, Petit Second, the guy mm-hmm. that I was speaking yes. to recently. I recommended him before. He's yeah, got a great, do. he's got a really good one. And yep. he said mm-hmm. he loves listening to Rob. That's what he said. Guy. He but could he listen not... to you for hours. He doesn't understand that my English. <laughs> I know. It's probably like it's maybe it's like he puts on at night. It's more like a white noise or yeah, something. Exactly. It helps him get, exactly. helps him go to sleep. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I've got lots of friends all all over the yeah, world. That, that you do. You, you, yeah, you, you do. That's that's fine. Uh, I'm just sorry I don't have more local guys. I wish I could have more local color, more local con, more local content. You know, a bit of a shout out to local guys. But um, yeah. yeah if you're in Paris, if you're in Paris, track down, track down Rob. Track me down. Yes, I'm I'm track downable. Yeah, basically. 
Okay, we're well uh, over. An hour, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Wrap it up. Come on, do your thing. Wrap it up. What? My thing? So we're go done. and um, like, subscribe, all the stuff. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Go to Rob's great YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Geneva Blue. You got any new videos out, Rob? I was supposed to do one today. I did, ran out of time before before we did this, basically. Oh, so I'll okay. do one maybe tomorrow. But one's due. We're due for a new vid. Yes. What's your new? Do you know the subject for your new one? Uh, it's gonna be no. Just what's happening. We've got a few new watch, a few new, more, couple more letters of the watch brand pronounced pronunciation list. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's all. Really, everyone's talked about watches. I don't want to talk about the new AP. I was going to mention, but I don't want to because I don't really. Yeah, no, I don't want to. Um, no, no, that's all I was going to mention. Patek giving their dealers a go to sell watches online, which is kind of, ah. kind of rare, kind of rare, strange. Um, yeah. But yeah, desperate times call for desperate means, I suppose. Indeed. Yeah, no. Okay. So tune in, really. Yeah, tune in to Rob's in. YouTube. Go and follow him on Instagram, Geneva underscore blue underscore. Follow exactly. us. Fifth wrist oh, on Instagram, on Facebook, all the all the things. Pinterest, I think we're on Pinterest. Do, um, do a review of your watch on Fifth Wrist. Do a do review I? of your watch, not yours. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I thought you were telling me. I was like, listen, it's my website. I know how it works, Rob. I run out of watches. <laughs> yeah, do a review oh, do you? of your watch on. God, this whiskey's good. Do a review of your watch on uh, fifthwrist.com and what else have we got oh yeah go and watch that video on my instagram i never oh, post yeah, anything on instagram the yeah, what's going on you should maybe you should post a bit more you've got you know can you not post pictures of work stuff no okay well i can but then uh, i'll have to post pictures of job. work stuff from another work after that fair enough yeah okay that's that's, cool. that's fair enough um yeah go and okay. check out that video it's very good um Go and buy some straps and watches from Rob. That'd be a great even one just, to Rob. Even just straps is fine. Just straps in this just day and straps. age, you know. You can't. I know we can't afford new spring bars. Now. He has so I've many spring so bars. Many spring bars coming up. My collective bar offices. Um. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All good. What's we'll the uh, what's our little logo? What's our logo at the end? A little, little logo. thing. It's not a logo. What not a logo? What do you call it? You want to do it this time? You can do it this time. I don't know what it is. Oh, I found I saw one on this time. You know what it is. Don't I saw stick. one on this whiskey bottle. It said "All in Good Time." <laughs> oh, that's good. Not bad, is it? All in Good yeah, Time. Because that sums us up actually very well. Yeah, it's that's like, what Because it's like we're shit just now, but mm-hmm. all yeah, exactly. in good time. We will be good. We we're going to be huge. Okay, go for it, Rob. Okay, all in good time. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you next time. Bye. Fifth Wrist is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.